Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. We're back in better than ever. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear Hotline, and we got good ones today, including the legendary Mike Singletary. In 15 minutes, talking about the way they play football these days. And who's going to win the big games this weekend? Matt Light will join me live today. Played with Tom Brady all those years in New England. Then played with Drew Brees in New Orleans. We'll get the latest insight from Graziano today. we got Dan Orlovsky today. The Green List is inauguration-themed. All that and a whole lot more. Let's roll. Here we go! Go, go! Only one place to start. Uh, the one place we begin is with our Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, and that place is with the end of one of the really great careers that we've ever seen in pro football, and that is Philip Rivers. If you're just getting near a radio or just getting near anywhere that you're kind of connected and plugged in, Philip Rivers announced today that he is retiring after 17 sensational seasons as an NFL quarterback. And I have a whole lot of things to say about him because I've always found him to be an extremely interesting person. There were so many things about Rivers, both his career and his personality, that I find fascinating. I first met him many years ago. There was a three-year stretch where Mike and I did Monday night football games. We did the second Monday night game three years in a row on that opening weekend. And one of the years, we had the Chargers. And so we sat down. We had a production meeting, and we actually sat with Philip Rivers, and I had the chance to just sit and talk to him for about a half hour. And let me tell you, if you ever want to learn something about football, sit and talk to Philip Rivers for a half hour. I know that he is now going to become a high school football coach rather than an analyst. He would be an excellent analyst. The way he sat there and broke down football for me was fascinating. And the sort of approach and attitude and, and, and all of the things that you already know about him, the whole dad gummit of it all, I just found him to be a fascinating person in every conceivable way. So I've always sort of kept a close eye on him. This is a very long time ago before he became what he is now, which is, I believe, a full, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. Let me give you a couple of numbers. Not that numbers ever tell the full story of a person's career. Certainly not his. But there are some good numbers. He is the second quarterback now to throw for 4,000 yards in his final season. Second in NFL history. Do you know who the other one was? The other one was Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was 29 at the time. Rivers is 39. He played 17 years, 16 of them as a Charger, started the last 240 games of his career in a row. Second longest streak by any quarterback in history behind only, of course, Brett Favre. He finishes fifth all-time in yards and fifth all-time in touchdowns. And he will go down as having always been remembered in two separate sets of quarterback groups. One of them is that during the time that he was playing in the AFC, the conference was dominated by Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Let me give you an extent to which that impacted Rivers. 2006, Rivers goes 14-2, and loses to Brady in the playoffs. 2007, Rivers goes 11-5, and loses to Brady in the playoffs. 2018, Rivers goes 12-4, and loses to Brady in the playoffs. He is the only quarterback in history to lose three playoff games to Tom Brady. And so that's what it ultimately will be. He was the guy who just couldn't quite get over the top because the very few that were left on the table by Brady during his era were generally snapped up by Peyton Manning or in a couple of cases by Ben Roethlisberger. And that, of course, is the other group you will always remember him with. These quarterbacks, every now and again, we remember them for the classes they came out in. 
And there are some legendary quarterback classes, the most famous of them all, the 83 class, that had six quarterbacks in it, three of whom were in the Hall of Fame, Elway, Marino, Kelly. The 2004 class, which now has only one of the three legends remaining, will also produce three Hall of Famers. Eli Manning was drafted first that year by San Diego, traded an hour later to the Giants for Phillip Rivers, who was drafted fourth that year by the Giants, and then, of course, Ben, who went a little bit later that day. We were doing the draft that day. I remember it vividly. I remember watching that whole thing unfold. And so I think that I would look at it this way. In some ways, Phillip Rivers' legacy as one of the greatest quarterbacks ever not to win a championship kind of justifies Eli Manning and the Manning family not wanting to go to San Diego. And here's what I mean by that. When you look at those three quarterbacks from the 04 class, Eli, Rivers, Ben, if you ask me which one was the best, which one was the best quarterback, I think I would say Rivers. I think I would pick Rivers as the best of those three players. But he's going to go down as the least accomplished because Ben has two championships and Eli has two championships and Phillip Rivers only got himself to a conference championship game one time and never started in a Super Bowl. But I think it is my legitimate opinion that if you just said in a vacuum, which of those three guys was the best player? I think I'd say Rivers. He just didn't win. Eli got red hot on two separate occasions, parlayed that into two championships, and God bless him, and he absolutely belongs in the Hall of Fame. But if you just lined them up next to each other and said you could draft that guy or that guy, not knowing any of how it was going to go out, I think you would take Rivers. Ben is a tougher one. Because Ben, my image of Ben is always of him with like two guys draped, one on one leg and one guy draped on the other leg, and Ben is just sort of standing in there and still managing to complete a seven-yard pass on third and six. To me, Ben versus Rivers is very close when it comes to which guy you would take at their best. But it's obviously not close in accomplishment. Ben Roethlisberger is a two-time Super Bowl champion in Pittsburgh, and Phillip Rivers is not. And so that is the way I think his career will be remembered. Shouldn't be diminished. He is an all-time great. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. In the meantime, it also opens up the quarterback spot in Indianapolis. And if I am a quarterback with some options this offseason, that's one of the first places I look. You play your game in a dome. Excuse me, your home games are played in a dome. You've got a, a, a coach who was a quarterback himself and who quarterbacks seem to love playing for in Frank Reich. You've got a really good defense. You've got a really good defensive line. You're not in, I mean, excuse me, offensive line. You're not in Patrick Mahomes' division. There are a lot of reasons why I think Indy would be a very attractive place if you're Matthew Stafford. Maybe if you're Deshaun Watson. Let's see what winds up happening. The first place people will look will be Carson Wentz. To that, I say no freaking way. After the Eagles did what they did, firing their coach, basically giving Wentz the victory in a power struggle, I can't see any way they trade him. So the immediate reaction would have been Wentz with Reich. It makes sense. That would have been the place to look. Right now, it would be putting two and two together and getting five. Carson Wentz isn't getting traded. So I don't know who the quarterback of the Colts is going to be next year, but it isn't going to be Carson Wentz. It is going to be someone who immediately is in position to make a run at a championship. Year one, the Colts are that good. And you know what? They could easily have beaten Buffalo two weeks ago. And who knows where they might be right now. 
All right, we are just getting rolling today. Going to be a fabulous show. The Green List today is awesome. It is inauguration-themed. Dan Graziano will have the very latest on the Indy quarterback situation and Deshaun Watson. And the legendary Mike Singletary is live next. I'm just getting started. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. We roll along, Greeny, with you on ESPN Radio. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance, drivers who save with Progressive Save over $750 on average, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by a true legend, Mike Singletary, linebacker, legendary Chicago Bear Hall of Famer today. And as we wait for him to be ready, it gives me a moment to say that the, the 85 Bears are one of two teams that I think of similarly when I think of the greatest teams I've ever seen in my life as a sports fan. I saw every game the 85 Bears played because that was the year I moved to Chicago. I arrived in Evanston, Illinois to go to Northwestern in September of 1985. And that was before it was easy to watch your own team's games no matter where you were in America. And, of course, the 85 Bears were so ridiculously good that it was impossible not to, even if you didn't want to, get swept up in all of the hype and the excitement about around them in the Chicago area. So I watched every game the 85 Bears played, and I've said two things of them in my life. One, if they had punted on first down... Every time they got the ball, they would have gone 8-8. Eight and eight. The 85 Bears would have gone 8-8 eight and eight if they had punted on first down. The other is that along with the 83 Sixers, the 1983-70 ers they are the best team I ever saw in their individual sport who do not get remembered as such because they didn't win multiple championships. That's how I remember the legendary 85 Bears. Let's bring in one of the great players they ever had. The Hall of Famer Mike Singletary is with me on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Good morning, Mike Singletary. 
Hello, how are you? I'm well, and it's a pleasure to see you uh, and to give a chance to chat. And I was going to start with the stuff that's going on now, but as I was waiting for you, I started waxing rhapsodic about those days. So let's start there. The 85 Bears, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you guys had punted on first down every time you got the ball, I think you might have gone 8-8. Eight and eight. What do you think? Well, I, I think you're very kind. I, I think, um, you know, we had some uh, pretty great players on the other uh, other side of the ball and, and um, guys like Walter Payton, uh, Willie Gall, Jimbo Covert, and so I, I'm, I'm glad we didn't punt on first down. I hear you. And that's why you went 15-1 and one and won the Super Bowl and nobody even came close to you. But that defense was so good. Like if someone, well, I guess I will. If I just ask you, Mike Singletary, you've been around the sport now for multiple generations. What's the best defense you ever saw? What's the best defense in NFL history? What's your answer? Well, you know, obviously, I, I, I got to, out of respect for the guys that I played with and, and Buddy Ryan, I'm going to say the Bears. Uh, but there are certainly some others that are, that are in that category. When you went out on the field in those days and there was a stretch there where you beat, I don't think you gave up a point like three weeks in a row. I don't have the number sitting in front of me, but I remember it like it was yesterday. Did you see fear in the eyes of the opponents when you were going out there to play that season? Um, you know, I, I, I think when I look back at that time, as the game wore on, I, I think, um, you know, opponents were uh, concerned a, a little <laughs> bit at time, particularly the quarterback. We, we got after him pretty well. <laughs> concerned, I think, is a really good choice of words. The great Mike Singletary is with me on ESPN Radio. What, what's the one memory that stands out the most for you from that year? It was not only as one who was there, not only were you guys a great football team and you won the championship, but you, you were sort of a traveling circus, the likes of which with all the huge personalities we've rarely seen in football history. What, what's the one memory that stands out the most for you from that season? The one memory that stands out the most is uh, the Rams game. Um, when um, I think someone hit the quarterback, uh, Wilbur Marshall picked up the football and began to run down the field. And as he was running, uh, it was kind of sunny out. And at that moment, it began to snow. And <laughs> as the snow was falling, it was as if this is this is our time. And we are going to the Super Bowl. And uh, that was a very, very exciting moment. That was the NFC Championship game. Your team did not allow a point in that game, just as you hadn't allowed a point the week before against the Giants, and on you went to win the Super Bowl. And, and something that I think everyone in and around Chicago knew and knows, but I'm not sure everyone across the country knows, is that you guys recorded the Super Bowl shuffle weeks before the Super Bowl was played. Tell us that story. Well, in, in, in all honesty, the, the Super Bowl shuffle was really recorded after we lost the Miami game. When we lost the Miami game, uh, nobody was excited. We, we knew we were going to do the, uh, the Super Bowl shuffle the next day, and nobody really felt anywhere near in the mood to do it. We didn't like each other. We were frustrated. We were angry. Uh, Coach Dicker and Buddy Ryan were fired up at each other the night before, and it was kind of like the Civil War. But the next day, uh, we recorded the Super Bowl shuffle, and what it did, it was one of the best things that we ever could have done after the loss to Miami. Uh, we went in uh, feeling sorry for ourselves, uh, ticked off at each other, 
And we came out of that Super Bowl shuffle uh, recording excited, uh, belly busting each other, and also realizing that we had just recorded a video about winning the Super Bowl, <laughs> and we had about five or six games left in the season. So either we're, we're going to have to back it up or we're going to be one of the biggest idiots of all time. <laughs> that was, yes, for, for, to make sure everyone around the country knows what you're talking about, the only game you lost that year was that Monday night game against the Dolphins, and it was a very big deal because the Dolphins were the franchise that had the perfect season, and so they broke up your perfect season. You guys record the Super Bowl shuffle the following day, and, of course, you did go on and not lose another game. I'm with Samurai Mike. You, you stopped him cold, part of the defense, big and bold. Uh, some of us still remember all the words to that to that great song one more about the past and then we'll talk about what's going on now the eyes how aware were you of your eyes all anyone watched anyone who watched a football game in which the chicago bears were playing in the 1980s could always count on about seven or eight close-ups of your eyes as a play was being snapped how conscious were you of that i I really was not conscious because uh, the thing i was trying to do is see the whole field and, um, you know, I really had to work at training my eyes to really see the, the whole peripheral trying to get from sideline to sideline. And uh, that was what that was about. I, you know, a lot of guys would say, hey, man, you're trying to intimidate me. Said, no, I'm not trying to intimidate. I'm trying to see what I need to see so I can get where I need to be before everybody else gets there before me. <laughs> Mike Singletary with me here. Uh, a reminder to everyone, you can check out Marvel Studios' WandaVision, original series now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Let, let's talk quickly about the way the game is played today. I, I don't know... You know, with the way the game is officiated, and, and here we're spending a lot of time this week talking about Patrick Mahomes and concussions, and I, for one, think it's all wonderful. I think the improvements, the changes that have been made towards that end in pro football are improvements um, in the most important ways. But I just wonder, as you watch the way the game is officiated now and, and what defenses are and aren't allowed to do, what thoughts go through your mind? Well, you know, obviously, um, you know, they have to protect the game. I, I understand that. Uh, it's pretty amazing when you look around and, and see guys that can play the game, uh, play a position until they're 40 years old. Uh, that's pretty amazing. Now, without saying anything else, I think that lets you know a lot about how the rules have changed. Um, but I, I just think that um, as they continue to try and protect the quarterback, and um, I just think that it's important that you know we, we just get to some consistency uh, on the defensive side of the ball as to what we can and cannot do. And, and, and let's, let's make sure that we protect the game for everybody. Let's talk about another uh, change that has, has come about really in the sport since the, the apex of your career, and, and that is the, the quarterbacks who run with the football. That was something that was very uncommon in your day, was, was quarterbacks who were significant threats to run the football. And now as we look at the, just the last four teams that are standing, uh, Brady is, is sort of one of the last remnants of the quarterbacks who are going to be on that spot. But you look at Rodgers and his ability to make plays with his legs. Josh Allen obviously can do it. Patrick Mahomes did it last year in the postseason and can do it, assuming that he is healthy. How does that change the game from the standpoint of being a middle linebacker when the opposing quarterback is such a significant threat to run with the ball? Well, when you, you look at quarterbacks that can run, they, they really change the way you, you, you call the game as a coordinator. Uh, you really have to take a step back, and, and when you want to play a little more press, um, you want to get your guys upfield, and, and if they get out of lane, if your guys uh, miss a jam uh, on the um, receivers, uh, it's touchdown. 
um, because you got five yards to get your hands on them. If, if you don't do that, you got a problem. Uh, but for guys that can run the ball, they really, really cause a problem because you have to think about that extra second or two. If he's going to run, if he's going to take off, or if he's just going to get you looking back at him and trying to find him and then throw the ball to the receiver. It, it creates issues. It really does. The great Mike Singletary is with me. And, of course, the Bears' great rival is the Green Bay Packers. And here they are with this second of back-to-back all-time great quarterbacks that they've had consecutively with Favre and now Aaron Rodgers. When you watch Aaron Rodgers play, and he, he's probably going to win the MVP this year. He, he may have had the best season of his ridiculously great career. When you watch him play, Mike, what do you see? I just see a guy that's, that's very comfortable in his element. Um, you know, he's a guy that if you give him time, um, he's, he's going he's gonna to throw the ball in, in, in the right place. He's got a, a great set of receivers, and uh, those guys understand each other. They play together for a bit, and um, I, I just think they have a great system going right now. And uh, if he has time to sit back there and find his receivers, if he has any idea of what defense you're in, pre-snap read, uh, you're going to have major problems. Who was that guy for you during your career? Who was the quarterback that just dominated games, that kept you awake every single night for the entire week when you were getting set to play against him? Oh, I don't even have to think about it. Joe Montana. Mm. Uh, Joe Montana was absolutely amazing. Uh, Of course, he had Jerry Rice, uh, John Taylor. Um, You know, that was a tremendous uh, group uh, to play against. Uh, Of course, Roger Craig coming out of the backfield as well. Brent Jones as a tight end. I mean, that was a really, really tough uh, game to play against. And uh, But Joe knew where the ball needed to go. They had a tremendous system in place. And it was very, very hard, difficult to stop that. Yeah, yeah. That, I should have thought of him. And then one more for you, just because I think, and again, we all hope that Patrick Mahomes is able to play this weekend. But, but whatever is best for his health is first and foremost, and that should be said up front. But as you watch him, I wonder what you think. I've had many people say to me they think he looks like he could become as good a quarterback as there has ever been. What do you think we're seeing in Patrick Mahomes? I could not disagree with that one bit. Uh, I think um, uh, they've done a great job of, of giving him some tools to, uh, to throw to. Uh, he's got uh, great personnel around him. Uh, he's got a great coach. And uh, I just think a lot of the right pieces are in place. And uh, he has a really, really good feel for the game. And uh, he's tremendously bright with the football, and he makes a lot of great decisions. And um, he's not a bad scrambler either, uh, which is kind of shocking at times. But uh, he gets where he needs to go, and he knows where to get the ball to hurt you. Let's hope that he's okay and can play this weekend. You can follow Mike Singletary on Twitter at Coach M. Sing, so that's Coach M-S-I-N-G. Mike, I started my career covering the Chicago Bears at the end of your career. You were a gentleman then. You're a gentleman now. It's a pleasure to catch up. Thank you so much. Enjoy the games this weekend. Thank you, sir. God bless. It's a pleasure. It's Mike Singletary with me here on ESPN Radio. That was the first teams I ever covered in the NFL was right towards the end of his career. I just missed Walter Payton. I didn't get to cover Payton. He retired a, a year or two before I came on the scene just as a young reporter covering that team, but I was around Singletary. A lot of the legends from those teams were still there, and what a bunch they were and what a team that was. Meanwhile, there are huge questions in the National Football League right now, like where is Deshaun Watson going and where are the coaching 
carousel going to take us for the spots that are still available? Uh, Dan Graziano will answer those questions in exactly 30 seconds. 30 seconds from right now, so don't go away. We'll spend those 30 seconds telling you about Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, there are Keepstock inventory management solutions. Help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Give them a call at 1-800-GRANGER or click Granger.com or just stop by. All right, more football to talk with our NFL insider extraordinaire, Dan Graziano, who joins me on the Goodyear Hotline. Hello again, Dan Graziano. Hello, Greeny. How are you? I'm good. How have been the last hour and a half? Before we get, yes, we were together on Get Up this morning, and, and uh, here we are reunited. Uh, let, let's, before we get into any of the, the moves around the sport, you made it clear on the show this morning how much you as a reporter appreciated and admired Philip Rivers. Give folks a thought on that as, again, Philip Rivers announces his retirement today. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, just super generous with his time and insight. I mean, the story, I, I went to do a feature on him in training camp on, like, the trash-talking quarterback who never swears and what he says instead. We got three features out of that one interview with Rivers just because he was so forthcoming about so many different topics. So I appreciate that as, obviously, somebody uh, it may helped me do my job better, but I also think it reflects kind of a little bit of who he is because – you know, you always saw the passion and heard the passion he had for the game, for his team, for his teammates. I mean, just somebody who I think not just physically, but emotionally uh, gave everything of himself uh, every day in, in his job. And I think that's I mean, that's admirable in any profession. But certainly when you talk about high level athletics, uh, you see it on display. And it, it's always nice. I agree. I, I think passion is the right word. Meantime, it opens up the quarterbacking job in Indianapolis. And I think if I were a quarterback with options, that would be a very attractive yeah. place to go for a lot of reasons. You play in a dome. You have the quarterback friendly head coach you have a really good offensive line. What should we start thinking about with regard to their future at quarterback? Well, I think that's the right starting point is that the Colts will perceive themselves accurately as an attractive spot for a quarterback, as they did a year ago uh, when they end up signing Rivers. So they'll look at their options, and they're going to be some interesting ones. I mean, I'm, I'm personally curious to see what Detroit does with Matthew Stafford. Uh, I think he's a guy that could be available this, this offseason and might be this year's Rivers for Indianapolis, right? Like, plug him in, a veteran who knows what he's doing, and – and, and that could work. Um, you know, now there's, there's a range of people will connect Carson Wentz there because of the Frank Wright connection. But I don't think at this point the Eagles are looking to move on from Wentz. I think they want to try and get him fixed and, and get him back to where he was. So I'd be surprised if the Niners move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. That's an interesting guy there. You know, Jacoby Brissett's a free agent in, in, in Indianapolis. They really like that guy. Uh, they liked him as a backup. That he was a starter last year. I mean, I don't know where they stand in terms of their opinion on him, but he's an option. Cam Newton's looking for a job. Jameis Winston's, you know, so there there are a lot of possibilities uh, and ways for them to go. If the Jets pick a quarterback at number two, Sam Darnold's available. So I think they're, the Colts have a lot of options available to them, which is how they like it. And I think whatever, if a young quarterback winds up in Indianapolis, that could be like Darnold. That would be a great thing 
to happen to Sam. Only in playing for Frank Reich with that offensive line uh, and pretty good weapons, would, especially an yeah, outstanding running, running, running game. game. Yeah, great running game. You're right. 100% right. Mm-hmm. That is a very attractive spot for a quarterback. It's Dan Graziano with the Breaking Moves. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. But, of course, Dan, all eyes are on Deshaun Watson. What is the latest there as we try and figure out what his future is going to be? Well, I think, you know, the Texans have to get a coach hired. And obviously their hope is that once they get that done, um, that the situation has a chance to kind of simmer down. Now, you talk to people around Watson, they're skeptical that it, that it will. But if you talk to people in Houston, they're saying, you know, look, it's, there's a long way to go here. Uh, so Houston isn't going to want to trade him even if he wants out. The question then becomes how far is he willing to take it? Is he willing to sit out games, uh, et cetera? So uh, they have to hash all that out. But there are teams calling because they know that the situation is ugly. Right now, Houston hasn't been – entertaining ideas but uh there's a lot of people around the league certainly and a lot of people close to Deshaun who think that eventually they'll have to and and so we'll wait and see and that obviously could wind up being about as big a move as has ever been made in NFL history Mm -hmm. one more what is the latest on the rest of the coaching searches out there did I see news out of Detroit today yeah Detroit uh, making it official today with uh Dan Campbell the Saints tight ends coach Uh, remember he was the Interim head coach in Miami a few right. years back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, got a lot of attention for his fired up press conferences and all this stuff. So he's he's back as a head coach, uh, and then uh, two openings left: Philadelphia and Houston. We just talked about Houston. They talked to Eric Bieniemy. They've talked to a couple of former head coaches, NFL head coaches, Leslie Frazier and Jim Caldwell. So a couple of possible ways they could go there. And Philly's interviewing half the world. You know, a couple of days ago they talked to. Josh McDaniels, I, I think he's still, in some ways, should be considered a favorite, although I don't think they're all the way sold. Uh, but they're talking to a number of other people, including Dennis Allen, the Saints defensive coordinator today. He's a former head coach of the Raiders. Philadelphia trying to cast a really wide net here, and uh, so that makes the timetable a little cloudy on when they'll settle on something. But their owner, Jeffrey Lurie, said last week that he didn't care if they were the last team to hire a coach. He just wanted to get right. So they could take a little while. Okay, and, and and then just to sort of as a final thought, and we do have the two openings still available. You talked about this some on television with us this morning. There is a lot of concern about the lack of minority hiring through this cycle and how that has continued to be a significant problem. What are people you're talking to saying to you? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the league really spent a lot of time and energy and, and public comment on this this offseason, improving this situation. And yeah, so far, one minority candidate has been hired as a head coach. That's Robert Sala with the Jets. He's of Lebanese descent. No African-Americans hired. Uh, you mentioned there's still two spots. I know uh, we met the guys we talked about in Houston uh, would all fit that category. And I know Todd Bowles is a candidate still in Philadelphia. So it's possible that that, that, that kind of saves the day from that standpoint. And there were two African-American GMs hired uh, in Atlanta and Detroit. So that's progress there. But I, at this point, if it stays like this, the league is going into another offseason where it's going to be confronted with these questions of why aren't more minority candidates getting these opportunities. And quite frankly, the, the extent to which they made it a priority last offseason, I'm just not sure how much further they can go with it. And uh, it's obviously something that bothers them and that they need to get handled. Stan Graziano with the very latest during a really busy time in the NFL. Thank you, Danny. I will see you a little bit later. It's Graziano, who's terrific with us in the mornings on TV. Hey, want to make sure you're aware. Conor McGregor is back in the octagon Saturday night. It's a rematch against Dustin Poirier. It's UFC 257. It's only available on ESPN+. 
UFC 257 exclusively for ESPN Plus subscribers for $69.99. You can go to ESPNplus.com slash PPV. And a reminder that if you miss anything on our show every single day, you can always catch up with the podcast. We are a podcast that's called Hashtag Greeny. They take each hour, they make it its own individual podcast. You can find it anywhere that you get your podcasts. As we continue on this very busy day, I will tell you who the one player is with the most pressure of anyone in sports. And today's green list is on the way. It is inauguration-themed. Those and more on the way. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. I've got a sleeper team for Deshaun Watson coming up in just a few moments. Also want to make sure you're aware of a brand new podcast we have at ESPN. It's called First Take, Her Take. It's hosted by Chenea Gumuke and Charlie Arnold and Kimberly Martin. Discusses and debates the biggest sports stories and topics in their lives and culture. There's a new episode every Wednesday. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Again, the latest on Deshaun in a moment. But first, you're going to love today's list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, I'm very proud of today's Green List. In honor honor of Inauguration Day today, today's Green List is not a top five which it has been every other day since we launched it on the show, but it is a top 10 people in sports with presidential names. Top 10 people in sports with presidential number names. Number 10. And number 10 is Lincoln Kennedy, who may not be one of the greatest players of all time, but does his first and last name both satisfy the criteria? It's Abe Lincoln and John Kennedy. He was actually the ninth overall pick in the 1993 NFL draft. He's a member of the College Football Hall of Fame. Lincoln Kennedy is number 10 on the green list of players with presidential names. Number nine. Number nine is Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley, the coach at Oklahoma, who's obviously a great coach and may wind up being a head coach in the National Football League at some point. He's a great offensive innovator. You don't need me to tell you who he is. Lincoln Riley, Abe Lincoln Riley is number nine. Number eight. Number eight is Earl Monroe. One of my favorite players ever growing up. Obviously, James Monroe was the president. He was the fifth president of the United States. He was elected in 1817. And Earl Monroe is number eight on the list of the players and people in sports with the presidential names. Number seven. A pair of Carters back-to-back. Gary Carter, the kid, is number seven. Jimmy Carter, obviously, was the president in my childhood in the 70s. Gary Carter was a great player in my childhood. 11-time All-Star. He's a baseball Hall of Famer. He's one of two Carters that we have. Number six. And number six is Vince Carter, an NBA player who just retired, played in four different decades. He's the oldest player ever to score 20 points in a game at the age of 42. You don't need me to tell you who Vince Carter is. He's number six on the list of great people in sports with presidential names on this inauguration day. Number five. Number five is Reggie Jackson 
who was a great player of my youth. One of my, he was one of my first favorite players. Reggie Jackson, a legendary slugger and, of course, the Baseball Hall of Famer. Andrew Jackson was the seventh president of the United States, elected in 1829. Number four. Number four is Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush, of course, the presidential name. We had not one but two Bushes as president in my lifetime, father and son. Reggie Bush was a Heisman winner. They took it away, but I still count it. He's a Super Bowl champ and a two-time national champion in college football. So Reggie Bush, number four on the presidential list. Number three. Number three is our own colleague, Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce, who was going to be a Hall of Famer, was a 10-time All-Star. Franklin Pierce was the 14th president of the United States. He was elected in 1853. So that's number three on this very exclusive list of the great players with presidential names. Number two. Number two is Lawrence Taylor, the great LT, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. For my money, the best defensive player I ever saw. And and Bubba, tell me about Zachary Taylor. He he was the president for only one year. What happened to Zachary Taylor? Yeah, he... uh... Back in 1850, he uh, consumed copious amounts of raw fruit and iced milk while attending a holiday celebration, and uh, that was the end of him, and he became severely ill, and he had cholera, and he died. (laughs) So, raw fruit and iced milk, that was the end of it. That was, so Lawrence Taylor is named after... A Zachary Taylor, who was president for only one year uh, because he ate too much raw fruit. Number one. Uh, and then finally, number one is Magic Johnson. Of course, Lyndon Johnson, LBJ, was president in the 60s. Magic Johnson, one of the greatest players in the history of American team sports. I just like reading his bio. Five-time NBA champ, three-time regular season MVP, three-time finals MVP, NCAA basketball champ, and basketball Hall of Famer. He is number one on today's green list, the list of the top players and people in sports with presidential names. All right, well done, Bob. I like that that list very much. Seems appropriate on this day. Meanwhile, I insist we talk about Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson is going to get traded, and that is going to be the biggest trade in NFL history. A 25-year-old superstar quarterback signed for the next four years, entering his prime. That's going to be the biggest trade ever. I insist we talk about this because we know what the usual suspects are. But I had Jeremy Fowler, our insider on Get Up this morning, and he he started running through some names of some sleeper teams. You're going to like this. Don't laugh, but the Chicago Bears. I know there are people in that building that are very high into Sean Watson. Even though they passed on him in 2017, GM Ryan Pace could maybe get a mulligan. They've never had a 4,000-yard passer there. They could finally change that. Carolina Panthers, I'm here in Wolverine. Let me just cut that off there. He then talked about Carolina. But we need to just stop there. He actually used the words, there are many people in the building in Chicago who are very high on Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, who was the third quarterback taken in the draft in which he was selected, the first of whom was Mitchell Trubisky, drafted by the Chicago Bears, who traded up to take him. This is why people are frustrated with them standing pat in Chicago. Because now they're high on Deshaun Watson. Now, there are people in the building who are high on Deshaun Watson. Let's, let's cross them off that very short list of people who are not high on Deshaun Watson. You know who's high on Deshaun Watson? Every single person who has ever seen a football game in their life. If you've ever seen a football game, you're high on Deshaun Watson. 
Deshaun Watson is one of the five best, most valuable players in the NFL to have right now. And he's probably not even in his prime yet. So that would really be something. Look, I can't knock it. If they find a way to get him, more power to him. But you once upon a time could have sat right where you were and had him. And it is very rare you get that kind of mulligan in professional sports. Greeny Insists is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Great guests still to come today. Matt Light is going to join me a little bit later. Dan Orlovsky will join me as we continue. But up next, the last thing you were expecting me or anyone to say about Kyrie Irving, I will say it right after this.